Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been yeah, this is the Black Country Blokes chewing the fat about everything that is mental health, disability, and life in general. With me, Kev Dillon, and my partner in crime, Lee Gadman. So I've been your bruv. I'm good, mate. I'm good. Glad to be back in the studio. Seems uh what's it been? Three weeks? It seems longer than that. It does certainly bruv. I mean, I, I think at the minute it it seems strange, like because you have a week off, and I think, I mean, like, your family's all been through the mill, hasn't it, with the corona, but, like, it, it just, everything just seems to, a week turns into a month, and, like, when, when you haven't seen each other, like we did last week on on the internet with um, with Jed, didn't we? Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it just seems different, doesn't it, all of a sudden? Well, I've, I've come into here and uh, in, back into the studio, and, uh, yeah, I feel a bit lost on what buttons I'm pressing and when I'm, when I'm pressing them, and it's actually no different to, to at home. Last week. There we go. Even like with the clocks going back, though, I found that like today, well, yesterday, first, um, you know, since the clubs went back at the club, and it's dark at five o'clock. And as after that, seems you know, it just feels winter all of a sudden. Yeah, oh, it does. It's come round, it does seem to come round quick. I mean, we're both in jumpers now and woolly hats, and it, yeah, you can feel the cold, can't you? Release up here, we've got Central Eater when we first started, you know. I don't games. think it's on, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> think, trying to save on the bills a bit here. Well, that's, yeah, it's, been a, it's been a tough two years. <laughs> that's it. I'll let you off. I'll let you off. <laughs> but that's what we call it, uh, sad seasonal adjustment disorder. And, you know, it's one of them throwaway terms, but I know myself not. I th- I'm pretty sure you've got that wrong, actually. Seas- seasonal adjustment disorder. Seasonal effective no, sad, S-A-D. <laughs> yeah, that's Seasonal right. adjustment No, disorder. but it's A. Adjustment? No, it's not. <laughs> okay. I will find out exactly what it is, but I'm pretty sure, Kev, you got that wrong. Carry on talking a minute, Kev. <laughs> Whatever it is. Pedantic <laughs> <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it is effective. Effective? Yeah. Seasonal effective disorder. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Oh, Whatever it is. <laughs> It's affecting me, yeah. <laughs> it's affecting me worse now. You phoned me up on it. I've been calling it, saying it wrong for 26 years. <laughs> yeah. You can see when it does affect because, like, even though like, when we finish here, like, half eight, whatever, even though nine times out of ten, we, we're we not going to do anything, but you have the illusion, if I wanted to sit in the garden, if I wanted to do something, I could. But this time, you think, I just want to get home. I want to get in my blanket. Yeah. And you can see, like, I think we all realise how difficult, once you finish work, it can be to go for a run, to go to the gym. But when it's dark, cold, wet, windy, icy, it puts those extra hurdles in the way, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. But it's also, um, it's like, going to, like you're waking up and it's dark and you're, you're going to work dark, you're coming home dark. Yeah. It's just dark. <laughs> cold, dark. And even when it's in the daytime, it's grey and it's miserable. And it's, I know the leaves are pretty, they're all on the ground, but they turn to sludge and it, it, it's. But, <laughs> so, look, all right, a bunch of miserable bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but, this, <We> are. <laughs> but, but it brings me on to, I mean, because the thing I really, really enjoyed about this podcast, I get therapy for free. 
And over the last couple of weeks on the radio, we've had Emily from Gravy Banana. Remarkable. Go and check it out. And we had Louise from Willow Daisies. I did not get that Royce on the radio. How Edward. did you remember that? Well, I've got it, baby. You know, <laughs> practice. And what the two girls showed me was positiveness. And that sounds such a cliche. But thinking positive and being grateful. And what I do now, and I, I've been trying, because I'm renowned as being a bad sleeper. But what I've been doing is, Kevin, you've done everything you can today. There's nothing more you could do today, and you'll do the same again tomorrow. But all I want to do now is rest. You say, rebuild. Because I'll, I'll lie there and I'll go, oh, oh, awesome, he's fighting. Or, oh, Matthew, he's in the middle of the Oh, but And I go over and I, but there's nothing I can do while I'm in bed. So I stop myself. And then, once I've said, there's nothing else I can do, I've done everything I can for today, then I go, I am grateful for this bed. I'm grateful for my daughter. I'm grateful for... And I try and spoil saying different things I'm grateful for. And I put this into practice, went to the Black Country Museum on Friday, and um, there's a queue for the chip shop. And you, you queue in, and, and I'm going, bloody hell, how long's this bloody queue? And I went, stop. You're with the two girls you love more than anyone, your wife and your daughter. We're all out. Ook is a keeper's dick. How long is going to be? I think you've got to remember as well, you're you're able to queue for the chippy. Yeah. The starving people. I know that ain't the yeah. but, but there is. <laughs> There's literally people starving and, and, and don't get that option even to queue for food. To queue and to have to walk and to afford the food. And, yeah. and it, But this is what I'm trying. Well, I'm not trying because if you try to do something, you'll never do it. I'm consciously doing it. Well, if I was going to that rabbit hole of, bloody hell, how long is it all? That that wanker, that wanker, I go, stop. That wanker has no real effect on my life. Stop, I'm grateful for. And then but by breaking that, I think Emily from Globe Night explained it brilliantly. It was just, it starts changing your thought patterns. And it, it's worked wonders for me ever since my episode with Em. And then um, Louise, two weeks ago, I've consciously been doing it. And we still have the right to be wound up over silly stuff. And But it's not dwelling on it. It's, you say something to me, I'm annoyed. And then, all right, it's happened. I've been fucking telling you this for years, Kev. You are? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just like an expert to actually come in here. Don't listen to your mate of the last 25 years. But in, in Some that... stranger turns up and tells <laughs> you. It's like my wife this is. <laughs> But in, in that life, though, and that's what I've always, we've had here for 21 years, the Lions, I could say something until I'm blue in the face, then Simon can and Big John, then you can walk by and go, oh, yeah, a base-shaped guard, and they go, oh, you know, Lee Cameron is a genius. <laughs> cracked it. Or, or you know, um, uh, uh, that, you know, um, Bob Dylan says that to Anthony Joshua, oh, he says it at GB, you know, boom, bap, boom, it must be, and you're going, but all, the beauty of it is, if we're all saying the same thing, hopefully you listen to one person and you go, he's right. Don't get wound up, Kev, when you're saying this. And... Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's it exactly, isn't it? It's fine in your medicine. Yeah. And back to the see the effective disorder. <laughs> it's like, but we could so easily, and I'm guilty of it myself, you know. Oh, it's getting dark. Oh, it's getting cold. Oh, well, it's going. You're putting your, your frame of mind already in that wrong place, aren't you? Yeah. You're thinking, you're thinking wrong. And who's surprised? Mm -hmm. It happens every year. 
every year the clocks go back. It gets dark at five o'clock. Next week will be half four. The week after, and it's it's not a big surprise. It's not like oh my god, the sun's gone away and it's never coming back. In- I think you've got to change the way you think about. It. Like you said, on a summer's day, you'll finish here at half eight nine. And you think, oh, I can go home and sit in the garden, have a beer, get to the beer garden, like that. But actually, what's wrong with going home and getting a blanket and cuddling up on the sofa? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just as enjoyable, isn't it? So think about it that way. You get time to do that. And it's rest time. Rest time? And like, like when I've done my hypnotherapy before, it's like, go to your happy place. And before I was with Kate and my daughter, it was thinking of these beautiful beaches and hearing the wind and the, and the sea crashing. And you know, my happy place is on the sofa. Under my blanket, but you know, <laughs> no one else in quiet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bob's in bed, can't see us, and he goes, Yes, that's it. <laughs> but it's funny, like, and as you say, but your happy place was on the sofa with my girls, or just getting snuggly, it's lovely getting snuggly. But we think, Oh, well, I it's changing it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And once again, yeah. the gratitude I'm in my home, I'm safe, I've got a TV. I've got my comfy sofa. I've got my blanket. I'm in a house full of love. That ain't a bad place to be, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. And it is about appreciating what you've already got a lot of the time. I think we've spoke about this plenty of times, haven't it, Kev? And it is it is when you when you are feeling because it's ultimately sad's a form of depression, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And ultimately when you're in that place, you can you you can't see what you do have. Mm. You, you're in that fog. You do, there's no real feeling, is that? There's, mm. It's just a, a sadness. It's just down. There's no, I don't know. There's no drive to do anything or or be anyone or do it. You know, so it is hard at that point to see the light at the end of the tunnel to see what you do have around you. Well, sad. I mean, the symptoms of sad is being lethargic, not having any energy, depression. Uh, a lack of libido, like a sex droid, depression, the the willing not to do anything, the if it can, as you said, it's all early stage depression. And I think with depression, it's a snowball. I start feeling it looks like it's gonna rain, it's cold, I won't go out because less I'm doing, less I want to do. And because I'm not exercising, I lose my libido. Because if I don't feel sexy, how's anyone else going to find me sexy? And all these things accumulate. And before you know it, we're knocking on the door of our good old friend, mm. depression. We're trying to get back into that dark room. And I think Craig once said, he goes, like, you know, I always had a dark room, or room of depression. And Craig said, he goes, when we're in that dark room, we're stumbling around, and all we need is someone to help us put our hand on the light switch. Because when the light comes on, you start going, well, I am all right. My setting is it. And once you've got options and you can start seeing it clearly, it's not so bad, is it? No. I'm, I'm... But it's also working on it before that. You know, mm. when we spoke to Emily and she went into how your brain worked, really, I suppose is the best way. Because what what, they, what Emily does at Grave of Banana is not exactly count to you in the traditional way that um you go in there and they talk about your past traumas and and what what she actually tries to do is heal you and really she didn't she didn't really broach that kind of thing mm-hmm. does she she doesn't it, it, you know it's not really about that but she was saying the way you can change your thinking and change your brain is again it's just 
it's just program reprogram yourself to to think on a positive note instead of doing negative and again this will work with depression work with sad work it'll work with a lot of things where you're just thinking and you you know it yourself really don't you because if when you're not when you're not depressed and you're not sad and you're in a good mood and you every, everything goes right for you mm. everything in the world goes right so if you can put yourself in that frame of mind by talking to yourself more positively you know it's not going to happen overnight but if you talk to yourself more positively do affirmations do things like that it will the tide will start turning and you will feel happier more of the time but it, a, a lot of it comes back to um people you know people go around saying they want to be happy and i think that's the wrong word because it's it's never you're never going to be happy all the time and i think the word for me is fulfillment you want to be fulfilled mm. there is going to still be ups and downs no one is walking around smiling 100 percent of the time not a single person no matter what you see on social media so i think the need to change that word from from like the goal is to be happy to the goal is to be fulfilled fulfilled content mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Well, it's about being able to manage those ups and downs, then as well, isn't it? And it is always going to be ups and downs. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. Um, Dan Brown, Browning uh, from Tough Enough to Care, our brothers, and I always had the sausage, battered <laughs> sausage, and it, he said it all, all them years ago when he came on, and it was dropping your sausage. You got sausage and chips, and you drop your sausage on a good day. It's cost me a pound. Oh, if I'm that hungry, I'll go back in buy one. But on them days. You're in the fog, in yeah, and it, that sausage dropping is like dropping <laughs> your, your, your your baby child. And and one of my mates appears said he goes, "Them days when you're in the you never catch your pocket on a door handle when you're in a good mood. Yeah. It's always you know I'm in a bad mood and you catch it your, your your pocket or you stump your toe or shampoo goes in your eye. There's all these things, but they probably do happen. But it is just oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah but, you don't think about it twice, do you? And Emily said that as well, and other cancer. He goes. If you start looking for a blue car or, you know, you, you, your partner's pregnant, you're pregnant, you start seeing more pregnant people. Mm. Or if you're looking for a brand new Jeep, you start seeing more. It's amazing what our brains look out for when we focus on it. That's good news. That's bad news. If I'm looking for misery, I will spot it every. If I am looking for the injustices of mankind, I will see, but if I'm looking at kindness and love and niceness, I also see it. It's like how many times do you notice your own nose when looking? We look past our nose every day, but it's not until I purposely look for my nose because I pray. still coursey. Yeah, I, I call it my left eye. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you look for it, because our brain knows it's there, so we just look past that's it. it. Yeah, and that's the same with so many things. And I think when we're in that fog of um, Woe is me, and everyone's a bastard. No one's ever good. Anyway, we don't see the certain nice things. And kindness is understood. It's the only language, kindness, that is universal. You know, you can, no matter what language you speak, whether you're a dog, a bird, a reptile, kindness, a dog will appreciate a, a stroke. A cat will understand. You know what I mean? Kindness is universal. And we see it everywhere if we are looking for it. Mm. Yeah, and there's no language to it, is there? No language barrier to kindness. No. Even kind to anyone, anywhere, at any time. But again, that's... that's. And how, how much better do you feel through kindness and helping other people? 
Mm-hmm. Not necessarily about your, yourself. It's just, you know, it's also we find this with the podcast. It's, you know, there's no doubt we do this to hopefully help other people out there, but there's no doubt as well that it helps both of us sitting here. Hundred percent. Same with the coaching. Yeah. Same with the coaching. I mean, volunteers. I mean, we how many kids and blokes and women and children have come here, but you get to be back because you love what you do. Mm-hmm. You don't get paid for it. So we're not sadists. You know. I mean, I, I, I spent enough time away from my own family and missing events, but I enjoy it. And that's what volunteers do. They enjoy it. And you get back off the enjoyment of seeing someone succeed. And that that's, <laughs> why else would we do it? Yeah. You don't do it for the hours and the money. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. And you do. It's like this weekend with, with Matt winning, isn't it? Yeah. And I'd, I think back to when he first came in the gym. Yeah. Or I haven't coached him much in recent years, but I was then. I was in here quite often yeah. coaching him. And I just think, my God, this small, this little kid who yeah. didn't know his ABCs has now gone on and won a Midlands. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Midlands title. Yeah, Midlands. Midlands title in the weekend is just fantastic, and you see that that growth in people for the time and effort that mm. you put in, and it and it rewards you as well in that sense. Well, all three of them, Ben Collins, Osman Mohammed, and Matthew Foot, they've been if kids. I mean, Ben went off to clubs and come back and whatever. But you've you've seen them from little kids, and now they're 17. They're young men. And like with all the kids, whether they box, they don't box, whatever, you're not only teaching them boxing, you're teaching them life skills. You're showing them how to be polite and just, you, you haven't got to be horrible to be tough. You know, some of the hardest human beings I've ever met, but some of the most kind and genuine and soft people. And it's teaching people these life skills. And most people up here have got good families, but I was talking to someone today, uh, Dave Stoke, uh, Stocks, who's coming on uh, Suicide Prevention. It's coming on Thursday, isn't it? Thursday on our radio, radio show. And we were talking about disability. And if you are unaware of something, because it doesn't affect your life, be it mental health, disability, racism, homophobia, whatever. If it, if it isn't, your, isn't in your world, it's very easy not to notice it, as we've just said about so many things. It's, but this is why I love these conversations, because it brings a perspective to someone's life that you might not be aware of. Hmm. It's like uh, there's a disabled, uh, disability toilets, and we've talked a lot about this recently because some of the passionate about it. But unless you've got someone in your family or a carer or you work in that field, you just see a disabled toilet, you don't think, well, can all wheelchairs get in there? If there's a step, how would I get in there? Where would I? And these things, like uh, steps for visually impaired people and blind people, a yellow line can make a difference. But if you're not from that kind of world, how would you ever know that it was a hurdle? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, we had um, Sky on. Miss um, Stewart. Yeah, who is uh, transgender. transgender. And and that was fascinating because we, we're not in that world. We no. don't We don't understand on the internet of the discrimination she receives and it was fascinating to listen to her and and hear her experiences with that and it does it it gives you um it gives you just a little taste of what her life is like doesn't it and and what she has to go through it 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 always amazes me but for all racism there's not a disabilityism there should be but there should be the one um whatever you know homophobic whatever you all that it, it always amazes me that it bothers 
other people that much that they have to be nasty to these people. It's like there's nothing in the world that bothers me that much that some stranger would I'd be offended by them and start arguing or whatever. And then to haunt their existence. Yeah, I just... You know, you say something to me, you know, we have a rare, we have whatever, but I would never then think, all right, then I have got to stalk, in a sense, follow you and everything you put out there be abusive and nasty and horrible. And I, I don't know, like when Debbie and Ross come on the other day with Black Country Women's Day and they're saying about stalking going up and... Once again, we live in our in our world where we, we don't see it. But hopefully by bringing these things to light and by talking about things, then it is more relatable. It's like manners. How are you supposed to learn about manners if you've never been taught it? Taught them, that's it. And this is what awareness is. And ignorance is always bliss and all this. But sometimes you think, well, that, that isn't my world. Why... I've never had to think about it. And until someone like Stephen Corner talks about gaming addiction, I was thinking, bloody hell, that video game I played was something a joke. <laughs> but how the world has evolved since then and showing you keep up with the Joneses, but if you want to go to level two, you have to buy this. If you want the new football player, you have this. If you want the new gun, you have that. And what it's encouraging is a form of gambling. And once again, by doing this, I thought, I was unaware this world even existed. Well, that's it, isn't it? You, you are until until someone talks to you about it. And that's a, the great thing, isn't it? There is people out there who do experience it. A lot of people as well. There's a lot of people out there who experience all these different things. Who um, And it's, uh, it's fantastic that we've heard those stories. And, and hopefully people who listen, they, they can get something out of it. And, and it, I think it's... It's compassion, isn't it? Just having a mm. bit of compassion for someone else's struggle. Whether you understand it or not is really irrelevant. It's being compassionate to those and, and what they do go through. But I've, once again, this whole, oh, I've loved it, going on this journey of like men's mental health and into mental health. Then being advocates for disability. And it's amazing the comments that we're getting at the moment saying, Frankie, you are actually saying on behalf of either myself or the person I'm caring for, and that's what we've wanted to be all the way through is the voice of people who don't normally get listened to. Mm. And so many of these things are so saft, you know, in the grand scheme of it. But they're, to one person, they're saft, but to some people, it is the living nightmare that they're going through. And, you know, and then fundamental rights of education, toilet, being listened to, when we're having a conversation, not talking over me and talking to Kate about me. You know, I mean, and how you know, I think there is a person alive who does who, who would feel threatened and frustrated by that. You're talking about me to someone in front of me and not letting me talk on my own behalf, yeah, as if I'm dumb, yeah, as if I'm dumb. And I, that is a, a big stigma, isn't it, with disability? You know, that's a massive stigma that people see. They don't. They see you in a wheelchair, or or you you make them aware that you can't see, or or whatever, and mm. then all of a sudden you're your disability. You're not you're not who you are. You're mm. you're just that, and yeah, and the the talk next. Year. And I don't. I think sometimes there's no malice in what they're doing. They just scares people mm. to think that people have got disabilities and they don't know how to talk to them, then talk to those people. Um. Yeah, it's you know obviously there is occasions where it is malice and it's just 
rudeness or whatever but i think majority of the time it's people don't just don't know how to handle that situation mm. they feel like they've got to do something different but i thought sometimes like when you're having a conversation it's the same kind of thing it's like um you saying um my wife's left me and instead of just sitting there and going go on then bro let's let's have a chat you you tell me feeling we'd actually try and fix it mm. oh well uh i wouldn't have her back or you know what we all make mistakes instead of just thinking shut up <laughs> listen mm. and sometimes that's we as human beings because most people are fundamentally good and we want to fix the problem same with that uh like with disability it's um I don't really know what to say. Uh, so I'm going to fill the gap in. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure how to talk to Kev. So uh, Kate's normal. I'll talk to her. <laughs> is that good? Is she that... doesn't know Kate, does <laughs> <I>? <laughs> hey, Kev. But it's like that rubbing her head like, uh, uh, I don't want to be ignorant. I don't want to. Uh, um, yeah. um, um, and that's sometimes it's just either you talk, I listen, or how do you want to play this? But I also think the fear comes from. Don't say the 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 people who you know. There's there's there was a big up oh, years ago about people opening doors for other people and thinking that it's it's uh, sexist to uh, do uh, it and all that. And I just think to myself, well, actually, it, to me, it's politeness. Yeah. Um, it's nothing to do with who you are. I, I would do it for Kev as well yeah. as I do it for anyone else. But yeah, and there's a bit, and I think that comes to it as well yeah. when it comes to especially people within wheelchairs that people go and open their doors. They have that hesitant point where, it's, well, do I do this because does, do they want help yeah. or do, do they not? And actually, you just open the door, which you'd do for probably Anyone. most people who were there. I think you can overplay it in your own yeah. mind, and then all of a sudden it becomes an issue within within you. And it's normally the good people who overplay it, yeah, because if you get. Or gets angry because yeah. he can do it himself, or, or but actually you just you just doing it as you would with it. So if you open the door for anyone able-bodied, then you should you know don't feel any different to anyone with a disability that you're doing the same. Well, we we're in now uh, on boxing tour we're in Monkstown at Monkstown Cup, and we took all the boxes there. And we were getting on the buses, get down to the venue. There's this uh, bloke um, in a, a motor uh, electric um, wheelchair, and everyone zooms on, jumping, sort of basically climbing over this poor bloke. And I'm like, whoa, 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 step back. You know, this, this gentleman was in front of everyone. He goes, That happens everywhere I go. They will step over me. They don't see me as a person, they see me as this. Oh, that's not right. Mm -hmm. But that is my life. That's what happens. And as you were saying, like, my natural thing is. Like if I saw when we went to Birmingham with the Commonwealth game thing, me and my brother and my mum and my daughter were on the train, and there was a gentleman getting on in um electric wheelchair again, and you know, we cleared up to get him on. But I would do that for someone with a, a buggy. I would do I would do that naturally for anyone, mm -hmm. especially if someone's struggling. You know what I mean? You just it's kindness to help people, isn't it? Yeah. But as you said, I think sometimes we think uh we're on a, on a bus, we're on a train. It's busy and I see someone, uh, I would naturally, as a physically strong and healthy bloke, I would stand up to allow someone else to sit down mm. before myself. Whereas, as you say, there's that kind of... It used think... to just be courtesy, and Yes. It used yeah. to just be a courtesy. It used to be, again, with opening doors and, and uh, tucking chairs, you know, people are going to sit down to kind of tucking the chairs under and stuff like that. My granddad used to do that to everyone. It was just the way he was yeah. brought up and, and it was 
just the courtesy you saw it standing up when people come in the room things along that line if you drop your shopping you would go and help them put it back in the bag mm. or you know just them, you drop your business cards whatever it is is that kind of and you see that still you know the people, yeah, yeah. people who just don't think they just do just mm. if someone needs me i'll help them yeah but i think maybe we you're right is <coughs> we're kind of being taught it to second guess our natural reaction which is in fact your mom spoke about this before with uh children in the in the club when obviously when years back when they used to fall over and scrape the knee you you walk up look you know wipe down the room and give them a, a hug yeah and she says no what i don't feel it's my natural thing to do but i, I don't feel not not uncomfortable she feels watched while doing it as if she's doing something wrong by um cuddling someone a child who's hurt themselves but there, it's a difference between my mom who's now a nanny yeah doing it it's more acceptable for her to do that that's what like ourselves yeah like you know if like like when i go swimming with the girls and they're in the change room or something and i'm stood there i don't know where to look <laughs> okay. i'm thinking i, I feel like oh, I'm, I'm here with my family i'm not a, i'm not a bad man <laughs> see anytime you want that blind cane well, you, yeah. <laughs> you don't know where to look because you know, I, I love and you look and you, you see children have fun it's the most wonderful thing in the world i've been thinking don't look at anyone don't look at anyone. Don't look at a woman who's in a baby costume. Don't look at a man. Nothing. And it's 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 that uncomfortableness. But I remember being somewhere. And normally, you know, when we go to one of these things, and you put a pound in, and there's three horses. And my daughter would be on one, and then there'd be some other kids. My mom's always going, "Oh, look, like your kids. Oh, jump on, jump on. You know, we put a pound in. There's two of the spare horses, and they all go around. And, you know, it's lovely. And the kids are all having fun." I tried doing that <laughs> somewhere, and you know, it's three horses. I put my, the pen for my daughter, and there's two other kids. And I went, Oh, jump on, it's all right, darling. And the moms were looking at me like I was Gary Glitter. <laughs> I was going, No, no, this kid's mine. I'm not a bad person. I'm just, I'm not, but it's double standards because what a, 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 a grandmother can get away with is even to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's how we view the world. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, isn't it? It is, it is exactly. And there's there's nothing wrong with get paying for kids to go on rides. Is the kid. <laughs> no, you know, just... I know what you're I've saying. already put the pound in. Yeah, you might well. seats. Yeah, yeah. But we can... <laughs> you just want to get the most out of your money, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. If they don't go on, you'd be on there. <laughs> it's like the Good Samaritan, the Bible, you know. If he come out now, you'd think... What's this weirdo after? Why is he giving my coat? Yeah. Why is he giving me an umbrella? He'll get wet. What's he after? Yeah. Whereas we forget some people, most people are good yeah. people. Yeah. And it's like, it's like when someone gives you a compliment, you're looking well. Oh, are you taking a mickey? <laughs> or what you after? Why are you buttering me up? So just thinking, thanks, you know, thank you, know, that's nice. Yeah. But I, I think people find it hard to take compliments and as well. Mm. So it's it all kind of goes hand in hand. It's all being mixed up and churned away, and and we yeah, I think there's we a, a lot of it doesn't it needs to go back to older values, doesn't it? And like when me and my dad first started coaching in the schools, you know, you'd have a certificate for doing your one, two, three, four, forwards, backwards, or your defensive, and the kids would go, "Kev, Bob, can, can I have an assembly? Can I have an assembly? Show everyone, I, I, you know, I've got my first certificate." And nowadays, over the last twenty-one years, it's like, oh, give it a hand. Don't, don't tell anyone I've done anything well. You know, they'll gladly be, you know, <laughs> I got Nick last night. I got arrested. Yeah, I put a window through or eat him or, you know, I bust him up. But don't ever tell anyone I've done something well because what will they think of me? And that's got to change. 
He's not arrogant to go, you know, well done, Lee. You know, you're blooming like you're doing good there, son. Thank you, Kev. You know, and we get that that mixed up of uh, it's not being arrogant to believe in myself. He's not arrogant to be proud of myself. And some way, I think that's been lost. We think if I say I'm good at something or I'm proud of myself, I'm arrogant instead of going, you know what? I like me. I'm actually all right. I've done well. And I think that's been mixed up over the years. But I think you're so you. If you are arrogant, you are arrogant. Like, what really? What's wrong? As long as you're happy and and you, the people around you are happy, then what does it matter what anyone else thinks is, if you're arrogant or not? That's your point, as always, yeah, isn't it? Who really cares if it's good or bad as long as you are content in yourself? Yourself, yeah, and the people around you are. That's as simple as it is, isn't it? Simple as it is. Don't worry about anyone else. <laughs> Look after number one. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But no, you you know, I've said it many a times that with social media or with anyone who's just not important in your life. So basically your, your family and your close friends. If anyone is saying anything negative or positive to you, just say thank you very much and move on because really they don't know you, so they don't know whether any of what they're saying is true. And I think sometimes that even comes down to the people most closely to us, uh, it's parents or whoever are going, um, oh, don't, don't, I wouldn't follow you because uh, you might get hurt or not like, oh, you might get physically, but it's like, oh, you have your heart broken. Or sometimes they care about you that much to try and put you off from your dreams. Or, or the other way, they, they give you um, false, false praise. Yeah. I think we We've experienced that with the podcast, haven't we? We won't mention any, any names, but yeah, uh, yeah um, you know, they've said, oh, that was absolutely brilliant podcast. And, and me and Kev have come out of it and going, that was absolutely rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just um, their kindness, isn't it? Their kindness. Yeah. And you want to encourage your loved ones and, yeah. but you know, stick to what you and not, it's not. Don't take yourself too seriously because I believe we should take ourselves more serious than anything, but also laugh at yourself. Take yourself serious because your life, your ambitions, your dreams, your focus should be the most important thing because that's how you as a person are going to grow and succeed. Mm. But also have a laugh at yourself on the way of doing it. And I think mm. I'll do it for Dale Pop. Sounds good to me. Well, we've got our support group as we do oh, every Every Wednesday, we've got a new computer. So, uh, oh, there we are. Well done. Every Wednesday at our home at the Lions Boxing Club. Every Wednesday, seven till nine. Um, men only over the age of 18. Well, I'm talking about the Lions as well. We are going, we are still raising, and we're going to do this. We were just doing it for October. We're going to go right the way up until the first or second week of December, where we're raising toiletries for the Black Country Women's Aid. What we're also going to do is get chocolates and um, selection boxes. So if you'd like to drop anything off, please get in touch with us. Drop off toiletries or chocolates for the kids. Normally we raise toys and clothes, but with the constant reminder of Corona and everything, it'll just be easier to give them stuff they can use. And obviously kids and everyone love chocolate. On Thursday, we're joined by Dave Stocks, who is a suicide prevention Worker and he's going to be coming on onto our radio show on Thursday. You can always catch us live on Black Country Extra, seven till nine. And we're also hopefully we'll be recording that via video when we released it and a later date on our podcast, Facebook, and the rest of them platforms. Yeah. 
So I'm going to give you a quote on about sad. And it's in the wise words of the great Billy Connolly. There is no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. So guys, until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Don't worry about it. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you'd like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta a bit. Listen, listen, listen.